What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. In the pages of American history, stories of gold, greed, and glory often cast their glimmering shadow. But before the famous California gold rush, a lesser-known, yet equally compelling chapter unfolded. A chapter ignited by a child's curiosity in a shiny rock found in the heart of North Carolina. So, the year is 1799, in the rolling countryside of North Carolina. There's a breeze. The birds are chirping. It's a storybook morning. This Sunday morning, 12-year-old Conrad Reed decides he doesn't want to attend church. He would rather go fishing in the lake than sit and listen to sermons all morning. This is a decision he will be eternally thankful for later. So he ventures to the lake behind his humble farmhouse. What he finds changes his life. In the wild embrace of what was then known as Upper Mecklenburg County, the Reed Farm was 20 miles north of a humble trading town named Charlotte, a world away from our modern luxuries. Today it lies in Cabarrus County, a place now celebrated for the roar of engines at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. But back then, the land whispered a different kind of song. Less than 5,000 souls dwelled within the county's 364 square miles. It was a place where neighbors were few, and life carried on in complete and total devotion to the land and nature. Farmers tended fields of corn, wheat, barley, and indigo, and raised livestock, their eyes ever on the weather and their minds on the long journey to market in Charleston, South Carolina, a trip spanning 200 miles. Coins and paper money were strangers in this land. People bartered, traded labor for goods, and exchanged promises for needs. It was a simple yet intricate web of trust, a reflection of a community bound by necessity and shared struggle. Among these hard-working settlers was a man with a story as rugged as the land he tilled. John Reed, a former Hessian soldier who had once fought for Great Britain. He had chosen a different path for himself and his family, abandoning his post in Savannah, Georgia. He sought the freedom of the southern frontier of North Carolina. In this place, he could claim his destiny. John Reed was an immigrant with no formal education, but endowed with a keen intelligence recognized by those who knew him. He built his farm, married, and filled his home with children whose hands joined him in the endless rhythm of farm life. But the Reed farm was no different from others in that region. Streams and creeks cradled the land, 
and the call of church and religious meetings was a familiar echo. It was a world where few owned slaves, a stark contrast to the large plantations further east. Here, the labor of family was the lifeblood of existence. Women taught their children from treasured books, often using the family Bible as both a spiritual guide and an educational tool. Most farmers were like Reed, immigrants who had arrived on these shores bearing the weight of indentured servitude, or as soldiers, and their children carried the legacy of that struggle. And in this frontier, gold was a stranger. Its allure was unknown, its value a mystery. Luxuries were absent, and the very idea of gold was as foreign as the lands across the sea. Twelve-year-old Conrad Reed is like any other farmer's son, driven by youthful curiosity and the thrill of exploration. And today, he is playing near a creek on his family's land. The sun is shining, the water is clear, and something catches his eye. A heavy, unusual rock. It gleams. It beckons. It's different. Unable to resist the allure, Conrad reaches into the creek and pulls out the rock. He turns it over in his hands. Mesmerized by its weight and luster, it's unlike anything he's ever seen before. There's a mystery to it, a secret waiting to be uncovered. But what is it? He doesn't know, but his dad might. He takes it back home, where his family examines it, equally puzzled and intrigued. But they are simple folk, unversed in the ways of precious metals, unaware of the rock's true nature. And so, this extraordinary rock, this mysterious lump of something, so rare and valuable, takes on the most mundane role, a doorstop. Day in, day out, it sits there, holding a door ajar. Its true potential hidden. Its destiny unfulfilled. Three years pass. Three years in which the world turns, the seasons change, and the rock remains a mere doorstop. But its time is coming. Its moment is near. A visiting jeweler, with a trained eye for the extraordinary, notices this rock. His heart skips a beat, and his breath catches. Can it be? Is it truly what he thinks it is? He examines it closely, and the truth dawns on him like a golden sunrise. It's gold. Pure, unrefined gold. Seventeen whole pounds of it. The room goes silent. The air is charged. And in that singular moment, everything changes. The Reed family's world is turned upside down. And their simple existence is transformed. They stand on the cusp of a new era.
And so begins a tale unlike any other. A tale that starts with a child's curiosity and a shiny rock in a creek. A story that reminds us that sometimes the most extraordinary things lie hidden in the most ordinary places. But this was not an isolated incident. Conrad's discovery set in motion a series of events that turned North Carolina into the epicenter of America's very first gold rush. Usually, when we think of gold rushes, our minds leap to the hills of California, to the year 1849, to the tens of thousands who flocked westward with dreams of striking it rich. The California gold rush has stories, songs, and movies embedded into the state's history and culture. It has become an example of the unlimited opportunities you can find there. But why does the gold rush in North Carolina, a story that predates California by half a century, remain overshadowed? Maybe the grandeur of the westward movement and the sheer scale of the California gold rush captivate our imagination far better. Or perhaps it's because the story of a 12-year-old boy and a family of farmers doesn't quite match the wild tales of fortune seekers heading to the untamed west. The North Carolina gold rush was quieter, more localized, but no less significant. It's a story that deserves to be told. Are you ready to discover the gold rush before the gold rush? The journey begins now. Miners, merchants, and dreamers flood the region, each person hoping to unearth a fortune. A sea of faces from different walks of life converges upon this golden land. Farmers leave their plows, teachers their classrooms, merchants their stores, all drawn by the glimmer of gold. New mines spring up across the region. The Reed Gold Mine, sparked by young Conrad's discovery, leads the way. But others quickly follow. There's the Parker Mine and the Beringer Gold Mine. And all these places become synonymous with hope and hard work. But with gold comes contradiction and complexity. Not all who journey to the mines find what they seek. For every tale of triumph, there's one of loss and hardship. Men arrive with dreams glistening in their eyes, only to leave broken and defeated. In the merchants, they're often the ones who thrive. They supply the miners with tools, food, and clothing. They built stores, hotels, and even entire towns. They may not dig for gold themselves, but they mine the miners, reaping profits from the rush. And as with any transformative moment in history, the North Carolina Gold Rush is a tapestry woven with diverse threads. In the early days of the rush, miners were limited to simple tools like pans, picks, and shovels. 
they'd sift through creek beds and dig into hillsides, laboring under the hot sun, all hoping to glimpse a sparkle of gold. But as the easy-to-reach deposits dwindled, the quest for gold demanded much more than mere muscle and determination. Enter the era of technological innovation. Hydraulic mining became a game-changer, utilizing powerful jets of water to wash away whole hillsides, leaving the gold-bearing gravel behind. Crushing mills were developed to pulverize quartz, releasing the fine gold hidden within. Sluices were constructed to separate the gold from the soil, and stamp mills pounded the rock, all driven by the relentless pursuit of efficiency and profit. These technologies transformed the landscape and the very nature of gold mining, and it helped that the President of the United States was also engaged in making the best of this situation. In the bustling landscape of North Carolina in the mid-1830s, gold fever had taken hold. From the humble farmer to the crafty merchant, all eyes were fixed on the glistening promise of a fortune hidden beneath the soil. But it wasn't just the common folk who were captivated. A figure on the national stage was watching, contemplating, and preparing to make a move that would echo through the ages. Andrew Jackson, the President of the United States, a man known for his strong will and unyielding resolve, sensed the winds of change. He saw the glimmering gold, not merely as a treasure, but as a force, a power that could mold and fortify the very foundations of the young nation. In 1835, Jackson signed a law that would reshape America's destiny. Three new branches of the United States Mint were born, including one in the heart of the gold rush itself, Charlotte, North Carolina. This wasn't just progress, it was a revolution. The Charlotte Mint stood as a beacon, symbolizing the government's commitment to turning raw ambition into tangible reality. But don't be fooled. Jackson's decision wasn't solely about gold. No, it was a statement, bold and unapologetic, a declaration that the centers of power were shifting, that opportunity was breaking free from the East's iron grip, blossoming in places once deemed remote and insignificant. And the effects were immediate. The mines thrived, filled with skilled miners whose hands were guided by wisdom and experience. Gold was no longer a dream. It was an industry. But it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, or rather, shiny gold deposits. As gold fever spread, land in North Carolina became a hot commodity. Claims were staked, boundaries drawn, and soon disagreements erupted. Neighbors became rivals, 
friendships were strained, and the courts became battlegrounds. Land disputes were not merely quarrels between individuals. They became legal mazes involving mining companies, landowners, and even the state. Laws were ambiguous, and regulations were scarce, leading to confusion and contention. One prominent case involved a boundary dispute between two mining companies, each claiming rights to a rich vein of gold. The legal battle dragged on for years, with both sides employing surveyors, lawyers, and even armed guards. The courts were filled with such disputes, each one a complex web of claims, counterclaims, and appeals. But a far more severe issue was brewing, one that no mining company or family desiring new wealth even considered. The ancestral lands of the Cherokee people were in grave danger. The Cherokee had called these lands home for generations, living in harmony with the mountains, rivers, and forests. But the discovery of gold changed everything. As miners and prospectors flooded the region, their insatiable thirst for gold led them to trample upon sacred Cherokee grounds. Once clear and pure, the rivers became muddied with silt from mining operations. Once full of life, the forests were stripped bare to make way for mines and settlements. The Cherokee found themselves caught in a storm they hadn't invited. They faced not only the destruction of their land, but also a profound disrespect for their traditions and way of life. Their sacred sites were violated, and their voices were ignored. Legal battles ensued, with the Cherokee fighting to protect their rights and land. Still, the government often sided with the miners and settlers. Thousands of Cherokee men, women, and children were forced to leave their homes, many never surviving the arduous journey west. This was the cost of unchecked ambition. This was the story never told. I traveled to Cherokee, South Carolina, and worked with the Cherokee people on a previous episode on hometown history. It's episodes 48 and 49, if you'd like to go back and take a listen, and I highly recommend you do. Throughout this time, one family flourished, creating its own lasting legacy. The Reed family, ordinary farmers turned pioneers of a golden era, found themselves at the heart of a story more significant than they could have imagined. The Reed family soon struck it rich through hard work, determination, and a little luck. Their mine produced substantial quantities of gold, and the family's fortunes grew. John Reed became wealthy, acquiring more land and investing in various other enterprises besides gold. The Reed Gold Mine 
continued to expand, employing more workers and implementing new mining techniques. As the decades rolled on, the Reed family mine continued to enjoy success through mining and their several investments in business ventures. Conrad Reed's discovery catapulted the family to become prominent figures in their community, known for their wealth and influence. But like all stories, theirs had its ups and downs. The family faced challenges, both in their mining operations and in their personal lives. Mining, though lucrative, was a risky business, and there were times when the family's fortunes wavered. The Reed name remained synonymous with gold in North Carolina for the following generations. The Reed Gold Mine continued to operate for several years, with descendants of John Reed involved in its management and expansion. The mine eventually closed, but its legacy lives on. Today, it's a historic site, a mark of the family's immense luck. As for the Reed family today, it has diversified and spread across the country. Some descendants continue to live in North Carolina, proud of their heritage and their ancestors' role in shaping the state's history. Others have pursued careers and live far from the mines. The story of young Conrad Reed's discovery, a glimmering rock that transformed into a golden legacy, reflects the very spirit of America. It's a tale that resonates with the dream of unexpected fortune, the pursuit of opportunity, and the relentless quest for the extraordinary in the most ordinary places. The North Carolina Gold Rush, often overshadowed by its western successor, was the spark that ignited a nationwide fascination with gold. It laid the foundation for the California Gold Rush, forging a path for future dreamers. It reminds us that sometimes the path to greatness begins with a simple curiosity, a glance towards something different, something that catches the eye and captures the imagination. In the fabric of American history, the Reed family story is woven as a golden thread, a story of a country growing, exploring, and forever chasing the horizon of possibility.